Hello, this is Tim Rausenberger with BrassTenor.com. Today is Monday, August 28th, 2017. This is episode 68, The Terrible Audition Committee. When I come up with the titles for my podcast episodes, I try my best to capture what is going to be mentioned throughout the podcast episode in just a few words. Sometimes it can be very difficult and people may open up the podcast and say, wow, this really is not what I thought it was going to be about. And I do apologize for on behalf of me and other podcasters when sometimes you are listening to their podcast and they start to digress and talk about things that are just completely off the topic at hand. Most of the podcasters I've listened to over the years are just brilliant people and they have such tremendous insights and so many things and ideas to share with people that we sometimes tend to get off topic. Well, this particular episode, hopefully the title speaks for itself. The Terrible Audition Committee. And what does it have to do? It has to do with committees that provide a terrible audition experience. Pure and simple. Now, a lot of my podcast episodes focus around music, like this one will. But you can take this information and carry it into literally any other audition for any age group anywhere. So it could be for something involving theater. It could be for a talent show. Whatever. In this case, I'm going to do it for music. And I'm going to focus more on the music audition experiences that I know best, which are ones that involve honor ensembles. The ones that will involve county, area, district, region, all-state style ensembles for band, chorus, orchestra throughout the country. There are so many committees out there that do an outstanding job. And as far as I know, I don't think any of them are paid a dime. I think that that's something that's lost on a lot of people. That teachers, and it's almost always teachers are giving up their free time for the benefit of children. For that, I thank them profusely, because I don't think teachers get enough credit for that, and all the free time that they're giving up. Yes, I know there are a few people out there, they are actually paid by their school district to attend these functions, as I think you should. But there are many more who are giving up their free time for the ability to provide an outstanding musical experience for children. Or at least that's what I hope. 
I want you to know a little bit of my experience because sometimes people may wonder, well, this person's doing this podcast, you know, are they just venting or whatever? I like to think that this is one of my stronger areas. I've been involved in auditions in some way, shape, or form, these types of auditions for 30 years, starting as a student and a terrified student at that in seventh grade where I absolutely bombed my very first audition on trumpet because I was so, I just was not prepared. And I did not receive the, the appropriate coaching that I needed for that audition. Unfortunately, a lot of it I had to kind of figure out on my own, but I had major problems with my nerves. After all the years of auditioning, going through all the different types of ensembles that I made, specifically I, I had made it into bands. I had not auditioned for any choruses or or, and I, I had not uh, actually uh, checked off the box to be considered for orchestra, but I had played in several bands over the years. After being certified as a teacher, I have been a part of more auditions than I can count in every possible capacity. Serving as a moderator, serving as a judge, being a hallway monitor, tabulating results, entering results, uh, run, being a score runner, you name it. I, I've been involved in literally every component of the process. So I'm not really going to mince words here because I've just seen too much. And I think that it's time that people who are running these committees across the country really make sure that they're dotting their I's, crossing their T's, and making sure that their X's and O's are in place, because I really think that a lot of people are missing the boat on providing the most outstanding experience that students, and in turn, families and the teachers that are involved deserve the respect that everybody deserves. First off, students on some level have prepared hard for these auditions. I guess I shouldn't use the word hard. I guess I should just say prepared. Some of them harder than others. Some students don't know how to prepare. Why? Well, they may have, may not have a music teacher. Maybe they were somehow or another being able to be sponsored by someone else. I've seen many exceptions before. I've seen exceptions made because they just wanted to be able to get one more registration or be able to provide that student the opportunity to be involved. Well, you have to understand, if you don't want to deny the student the, the opportunity, you have to also understand the other thing that comes with that, 
which is students that enter an audition and don't know how to handle their nerves or didn't play the music that was given to them in advance appropriately. It's supposed to be in a Baroque style. They clearly have no clue what Baroque music even sounds like. Nobody told them to listen to other types of Baroque music, whatever the case may be. You may have students who can't afford private lessons. After all, we can probably agree that most of the students who are making it into these honor ensembles do have private lessons. Maybe even the private lesson instructor and or the music teacher or, you know, I mean, or other people that could be involved, maybe none of them are competent. So what does this have to do with the terrible audition committee? A lot. It is our responsibility to provide the best possible audition experience for the students. This means that the music that's being selected for the students for the solo portion is appropriate. In turn, at the audition, the material being asked, because you almost never listen to the entire solo, is appropriate for the student. I can't begin to tell you how many times the excerpts that have been asked by the, the experts in the room, because the judges who are in there, are considered to be the experts. You know what I think should be closely examined? If you are not happy with what the experts are picking, maybe it's time for people on the committee to say, this is what's going to be asked. Precisely this section of music is what is going to be asked and you notify the students in advance and let them know so they know. And they're not wasting their time practicing other parts of the music, which gets me to my next complaint. If you're going to ask students, let's say a high school trumpet player is going to do the Haydn Trumpet Concerto, three movement piece. This is not some walk in the park. This is a difficult piece of music. And if they've never done the piece before, never done the piece, and just got the piece of music three or four months ago, they have their hands full. That's a tough piece to learn to be able to get down in such a short amount of time. How disrespectful it is if the committee decides to only pick two out of the three movements to be able to get the idea of what the student sounds like. I have a word for that. Absurd. If you're going to ask them to prepare three movements... Quite frankly, they deserve the opportunity to play something from all three movements, 
What's it going to take in, in the audition process? An extra 20 seconds of time? Multiply 20 seconds by 50 students? I mean, what are we really adding here? Another, at most, half hour to their, to the, the audition itself? It's, it's really ridiculous. I have been a part of too many auditions where I was not in charge, but I would hear the people who were in charge say, just make sure that we hear something lyrical and hear something technical. Well, how much? What, a 20-second technical passage and a 30-second lyrical passage? I understand that competent musicians in only a minute or so can truly ascertain the great from the good, from the fair, from the awful in terms of musical ability. I get that. It doesn't matter. The student spent his or her time working on this piece of music. It is your responsibility, our responsibility to hear the student play it. And if you're going to ask them to play three movements, well, darn it, you should be asking something from all three of those movements. And I know I'm going to have people that are going to say, no, that's ridiculous. It takes too much time. Too bad. It's not fair to the student. And I'll tell you why it's also really a, a stupid idea to only ask, if you're going to do three movements, only two of the three movements. What if the best player in the audition out of those three movements, let's say the Haydn Trumpet Concerto, their hands down best movement is the first movement. That's the one that makes them shine. And you never hear them play that first movement. You only hear the second and third movements. Now you do not have a fair representation of who's really your best player. Because while there may have been something in, in the third movement, and there certainly are in that piece, that is technically challenging, there was also some stuff at the end of the first movement in that particular piece of music that could really separate, not to be sexist, but the men from the boys. You know what I mean. Women from the girls, so on and so forth. So... I'll never understand the solo selection process in terms of what's being asked by the judges. I think that there are committees that need to start making decisions and really taking a good look at... the importance of having every element of that solo played at the audition itself. 
and not just taking things. And I've even seen situations where it's like the judges have a bus to catch or something. The the the, the, the audition itself will start at nine or nine thirty, and like the goal is to be out of there by one o'clock. Spend an extra hour of time. You know, I understand again that there's there are judges that are giving up their free time. I ain't totally get that, but I've seen too many of these auditions where it's like everything has to be a rat race. I haven't seen too many issues in terms of anything that involves other types of skills, like uh, scales, for instance, for wind instruments or string instruments. The scales, I, I think, just speak for themselves. And uh, I've one thing I have seen, which has been... I think it's been a positive thing with committees is they've gotten away from uh, having separate types of cards where you could select, you pick a card and this student's going to play the scales from card number two out of three different index cards. Now it seems that the students know in advance exactly what scales they're going to be playing. I think that that's a certainly a great, great way to go. <laughs> but on the other end, there are a lot of places that have sight reading. My thoughts on sight reading, I think, are so radically different from so many other people. And I can tell you that the six years that I was involved in the entire process of, well, everything, pretty much, in terms of running a band audition... For the solo selection, the scales, the sight reading, I was very proud of what I was able to accomplish in the six years that I did things with the sight reading. Because here's what my my beef was with sight reading all along. I've I had always felt that the students were too often set up to fail when it came to sight reading. Sight reading should be just that. The ability to get a piece of music and quickly turn around and play that piece of music back close to what it's supposed to sound like. Giving any student a piece of music that's in 11-8 with a, a tempo of 152 for the dotted quarter note with ridiculous rhythms and a range covering the entire instrument. I don't get it. Why would you ever pick sight reading that more than half of the judges that are on site probably couldn't even do if they tried on their best day. What are you accomplishing? You're not, actually not accomplishing anything. You're what? Here's what you are doing. You're actually going to swing the points enough in the audition process and screw things up so badly that a person who 
probably should be one of your top two or three players in a section is coming out fifth or sixth because they may have messed up the sight reading. The asinine sight reading chose by a fool who... I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't understand. The purpose of the sight reading is to get an idea of the ability of the player. It's not to make the player so unbelievably uncomfortable that they have no chance of getting it right. The sight reading should be accessible. It should be the type where the student should be able to play it reasonably well. And then you compare and contrast that student with the other students. Who nailed all the dynamics? Who was playing it stylistically correctly? Who was who was able to pick out the correct tempo if you haven't provided the tempo for them? When it comes to young audition, young students, I demanded that all of the younger students be given a tempo. Why? Younger students are more nervous. If you give them a tempo, that's one of the only things that you're going to be able to help them out with, help them with in any way in the audition. But you're doing it for everybody, so it's fair. You know what else it's doing? It's increasing the chance of you getting the right people, getting the right scores, and winding up in the right seats so we can have the right people in the right spots for the day of the concert. Not to make somebody so unbelievably uncomfortable that someone who should be getting caught 30 points on sight reading is now getting 10. I really don't complain much with my podcast episodes, but this is a very sore topic for me. This whole thing with committees. And the issue is it's been going on for too long and it's not getting better. It's just not. And I'm not just speaking about New Jersey. I, I've, I've been hearing this from colleagues all across the country over the years. Look, there are going to be more than enough music teachers who are in the room who simply aren't competent. We, we can absolutely agree to disagree or disagree to agree or whatever that there are going to be people in there you have no clue how they got their degrees. No idea whatsoever because they're so inept. And they're judging students and we know that certain instruments are going to be always be tougher than others it's going to be very difficult if you're going to have an oboe and bassoon room because you just don't have many people on those instruments now in terms of the committee with that here are my thoughts in terms of that if you're going to have three judges one of those three judges, at the very least, has to specialize on the instrument. You have to do everything in your power to make sure that happens. One of the other two judges needs to be someone who's experienced. I do not understand why you would ever put someone in a room, even if they're an expert on the instrument, and then put two inexperienced judges in there with them. Makes no sense. 
the most important part of the audition process that is constantly messed up is the organizational uh, it's the it's the, the organizational element that is being seen by the public being seen by the families when they're coming in and then being seen by the students now the students are not speaking to the judges but the student has to speak to somebody and that person is the moderator that moderator has to have a warm personality if you're picking out people to do rooms you've got to get somebody who has a warm personality somebody who's going to be comforting who's going to be understanding who's going to be reassuring is going to be there for the student and to be that student's friend yes their friend because it's, it's, it's certainly not their teacher to be their friend, to be a guide, to make them comfortable, to have a soothing voice, to make sure that the student is able to do the best that he or she can do under all the circumstances. I loved being a moderator. It's one of my favorite things. I loved the rush of making the students feel comfortable. so critical such a big part of being a teacher I've met so many awful moderators my goodness so bad so bad that I've as a judge I've been in a room I've had to stop the whole audition process and actually coach the monitor uh, the uh, the moderator on improving his or her performance because it's everything the pacing is important for the student that they're not being rushed but you're you're also not taking too much time there's a certain cadence there's a certain rhythm that needs to occur with the, the, the entire process so things are moving along they're not going too quickly but by the same token we're getting a clear snapshot of the students now I know that I may come off negative with a lot of the stuff uh, and believe me, I have seen well-oiled machines before. I've seen rooms that just flat-out work. There were times where I put together judging committees and the three judges were nothing short of spectacular. Spot-on. It was a, one person would say a score and the other two were right there with them with comparable scores and sometimes it's a good idea when you have a strong core of judges like that that's actually where we sometimes may want to put a moderator in there who might be inexperienced and then go up to the judges and say listen this is a rookie this is a person who's inexperienced they don't know it can you kind of coach them oh they'll only be too happy to do that they're not gonna say it's not my job Somebody will step up and say, listen, this is how you have to do this. And that's how they get better. And then one day they're going to be the ones being able to explain it. Not them doing it wrong the first time, and then wrong the second time, then wrong the third time, and the fourth time, and so on and so forth. 
and people thinking that it's okay to rush through auditions and to not be considerate of students' feelings. They do matter. I think that people on a whole need to consider a lot more than what they are considering right now when it comes to these experiences for with auditions. And I've just seen too many situations where the compassion is not there. Now this does not apply for cutthroat type things. You know, if you're auditioning for the Rockettes, this is not this is this is particular podcast is not what I'm talking about. If you're auditioning to try to be the next principal trumpet of the New York Philharmonic Orchestra, that's not what this is about. This is specifically talking about kids and more in like a public school type of setting. There's a way that this needs to be done. And here's just one more thing to think about with this. And this can be applied to your own programs at school, music, or any other type of area. If the audition is not run well, and people get a sniff that, well, something stinks, they're not gonna come back. Your numbers are gonna go down. The most qualified people may not come out and the quality suffers. Is that what you really want? lot of things to think about with today's podcast episode. My only hope is that the people who need to hear it, hear it. My fear is that a lot of those people won't. So if you are hearing today's episode and you know of a situation, speak up, say something, do something about it. You may say, Tim, why haven't you? <laughs> Believe me, I have. It's one of the reasons I served in the capacity that I did for six years. And six years in one of those types of capacities is usually a long time. A lot of people tend to serve about three or four years. It's a very, very demanding job. It's a lot of hours. It's all volunteer. And I loved every moment. And after my six years, I was tired. And I wanted to hand over the reins to someone else. And I have no regrets whatsoever. Very proud of what I was able to accomplish. But believe me, the without, without being crazy, the kicking and the screaming and everything I'm talking about, though this happened when I was in that position. And I encourage other people to speak up. Say something at these auditions. When you're in those director's meetings, if something isn't right, speak up. Say something. Because I can tell you right now 
that I got have students right now as we speak in the summertime that are already working on their audition materials for auditions that are going to be taking place in October, November, December, January, and February. Right now they're working on it. And I can see some of these pieces for certain instruments. It's a lot of material. What do I intend on doing? Contacting the appropriate people and suggesting to them whatever. You know, listen, this particular piece is four or five pages. When you do have the audition, I know that I'm not going to be involved in the process, but could you at least consider this? They could say, no, the heck with you. I understand that's fine. At least I did try to say something. And I encourage you to do the same. Sometimes waiting until the day of the actual director's meeting is not always the best. But at least get your thoughts out there and speak up. Don't we want the best for our kids? Don't we want the best for ourselves? Don't we want this to be the best musical experience for everybody involved? It all starts with that audition process because there have certainly been enough bad experiences that I've seen during the next step, which will be in a future podcast episode, which is the actual festival experience, being in the honor ensemble and the pluses and unfortunately a lot of the minuses that I've seen students and others have being a part of of everything. I hope that you'll be able to find this information useful, that the appropriate people who need to hear this do, and if some of this stuff is new for you, I'm glad that you're able to get something out of it and hopefully pass it along. The only way we're going to be able to get better is by educating each other. That's why I do these podcasts. That's why I present them to you. What am I getting out of it? I'm getting no money. I'm, I'm getting the satisfaction of knowing that hopefully somebody's going to listen to one of these episodes and say, wow, we really should think about this one thing that this person said. It doesn't have to be everything. Just one thing that I happen to say. And have it on your radar keep it in the back of your mind and hopefully you can pass it along we're all in this together all the best to you in your upcoming school year